you are with myself Nathan and my co-host Edwin. Our special guest is a sprinter who represents the United States. She has recently shattered her personal best bringing it down from 10.98 to 10.83. She is an Olympic finalist and part of history being in the fastest ever women's 100 meter race. She helped USA achieve a silver medal at the 4x1 in Tokyo. Other honors include first place at the national championships, in 2019 in the 100 meters first place at the pan american under 20 championships in the 4x1 as well as um first place at the world under 20 championships also in the 4x1 interesting fact outside of sprinting she is a qualified yoga instructor without further ado a warm welcome to tiana daniels how are you tiana hi i'm doing well thank you guys for having me good 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 um, welcome, welcome, welcome. So, um, Tiana, we have a tradition and what we like to do is take our guests all the way back. So can you think of your first living memory of a sport, either playing or watching? Oh, playing or watching the first? I would say my first like sporting memory for myself would be when I was eight years old and I kind of started my journey of like becoming a track and field athlete. Okay. My mom actually got me into it. She saw me racing some of the guys in my neighborhood um, <laughs> back then with like my barefoot, like just kind of, you know, winging it, just having fun. And she told me to um, actually, actually I had on flip-flops. Yeah, I had on flip-flops and I was racing them. And so I mean, put on some tennis shoes and do the same thing, like, you know, to try to beat them yeah, again. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, yeah, we need to get yeah. you into some, in track. <laughs> so that's, that was kind of like my, you know, origin story to <laughs> now. <laughs> so okay yeah and did you just do that when you were younger or did you do um, a variety of sports actually no i mean i i mean mm, i tried gymnastics i tried tennis i tried soccer tried it was not good couldn't get the coordination right <laughs> right but um <laughs> yeah i've pretty much been doing track since then i tried basketball in middle school but that i played for like one game and that was it like <laughs> i knew track was okay. like my go-to what was it about track why why did you stick to it what 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 was the love about it what pulled you and never and you, you never left track oh man um that's a great question um i would say the competition and how raw track is like if you're not good mm. it's obviously like you, you know <laughs> you see that you're not good mm. so you know if you're good yeah. it obviously shows so i just i love that aspect yeah. of it the competition and you know that that part and always getting better too yeah yeah who were some of the athletes that you looked up to when you were younger oh well shelly ann for the price was actually like my idol like not gonna lie can't cap yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah she's, she's definitely my idol she um her, I would say Carmelita Jeter for sure. Um, I really identified with Carmelita because when I was younger, I had a lot of muscle mass. So identifying with her was, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love how she, people tried to classify her as a 100 meter sprinter, but she ended up making the 200 team uh, at the 2012 Olympics. So I was like, yeah, like that's that girl right there. Um, and Bronson Cameron Brown, I would say those are like mm -hmm. my three idols back, um, back when I was younger. In the early stages, was it just about having fun or were you uh, quite competitive early on? Um, I feel like 
even now, it's it's always been fun. Like, it's always fun. Like, if you're not having fun with what you're doing, then you shouldn't just do it, honestly. So I always found joy in, um, in competing and running. How supportive were your family when you were young? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I've always kind of been like a, like a track powerhouse, obviously. But yeah. my parents really saw my talents, saw where I can go. So they really encouraged me to like stick with it. Like, you know, focus on getting a good education and going to college. Cause you can, yeah. you can go to college for this. You can get a full ride scholarship for this. You know, you could become a professional athlete with this. So they really instilled in, in me that like, confident to keep going and like keep working on my um, talent how, how was the early stages for you so when you first joined the club how was the early stage for you in terms of team dynamics um how um easy was it for you to settle in oh man it was pretty easy i mean a lot of the kids that i ran with um you know i've known i knew them before so it just kind of we kind of gelled like my four by one team, I would say we were like really dominant in a in the AAU uh, circuit, and you know we kind of grew up together. Like, yeah, this when I was on that team, when I was on the team um, for the elite, that's what my team was called. It yeah. really made me appreciate the team dynamic and the team uh, camaraderie and love that you have for your teammates and how you want to work hard, you know, for them. So, yeah, I would mm-hmm. I would say I really enjoyed those times. Okay. How how did you apply yourself in training when you were younger? And did that change the older you got? Um, no, like I said before, I mean, I've always had fun with it. So I, you know, I always had fun running and I always had fun competing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my foundation. I would even say to, from now to um, okay. the foundation of like why I'm still running. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. having fun with it. So in hindsight, um, what were some of the earlier mistakes that you made um, and how did you rectify them? I would say throughout, you know, high school, I feel like I did just what I needed to do to get a scholarship, full ride scholarship to Texas. But when I got into college, that's when I really started to kind of see where I can tune some things up. I freshman year, I got in a lot of trouble just, you know, being a freshman, being excited that I'm far away from home. <laughs> like I finally have my own space, my own piece. Yeah. So I really like took advantage of that. <laughs> really took advantage of that. And I don't think I learned until my junior year when my hat when we had our coach change. When I was like, okay, I actually start mm-hmm. need to I need to start really focusing on my craft and focusing on getting a, a professional contract. Yeah. How, how has the dynamics been with coaches? Cause I know, I know with, with all athletes, it's very important and athletes can change coaches from time to time, depending on different things. How has it been like for you in terms of coaches? Oh, um, I mean, when I coach, I make, sh- when I look at, when I'm looking for a coach, I'm, looking for a relationship like I had with my high school coach my husband me and my high school coach okay. still talk today like we're like this like he okay. really was a part, big part of my life with my dad because my dad passed away in 2018 so me him and my okay. dad were like really close so I really cherish that that relationship that we have but okay. I look for you know loyalty somebody that's actually genuinely you know wanting to um you know 
look out for my best interest and not just looking at my talent, but looking at looking at for me as a human being. Um, and I saw that in the coach that was at Texas for my first two years of college, which is Tantra Buford Bailey. And now uh, my coach, my current coach, he was there for my last two years. And that's uh, Edric Florio. Okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of your high school coach, was can you think of a scenario where at the time um they were, your coach was te- was wanted you to do something uh maybe make a change or i don't know just anything and you initially did not want to do it but then later on down the line you realize actually the coach was right every day <laughs> no but <laughs> I, I would say oh man oh what is the moment like i would say the moments where he would tell me to watch watch my weight and he would say it in like the most like comforting and you know loving way like to you know you need to make sure you don't go you know you're not too overweight because you can't get down the track as fast as you want to. So mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what he was saying by, in, in high school, but in college and yeah. now even being a professional, I get it. I like you definitely, you because weight is, is subjective, but understanding how to move your weight down the track is what I focus on now. But I definitely see the importance of having um, low mat, lower a lower mass to get yourself down the track as fast as possible. Yeah. Did it make you feel away when you were younger um, in making those comments? I mean, yeah, I was a kid though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I thought, you know, why is everybody picking on me? Like, I am the size I am. Like, you know, I I can't do anything about it. And you know, I even resulted in like not eating or binge eating because I was just so like depressed and sad about you know everybody talking about my weight but um after a while I just had to kind of like accept who I was in that in the moment and work from there you know get better from there yeah yeah that's interesting um I do want to touch on that because that was something that came when I was doing a lot of research on you and um I know you've spoken about body image um did it ever make you want to quit the sport? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say, I mean, yes, honestly, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, like, yes, I've definitely had moments like, Oh my gosh, like I cannot drop this weight. Like it's it, I keep going up and down and it's getting really frustrating. And I just need to look for, I need to look for jobs. Like I would say my, my, senior year of college at NCAAs I got fourth and after that I was really depressed I was really sad I you know so I binged eight I you know I gained weight everything and my coach had to pull me inside and say you know T you want to be a professional athlete this your season is not over let's get back to work and let's, you know, get this going thing going. Like you have a goal, like, even though, yes, the pat like, you know, you didn't win nationals in the past is the past. Like you have to leave it back there. You can't bring that into what you're doing right now. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever, ever use um sports psychologist? How about not this? Yeah. 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 I would say, yes, I have. I've been to, you know, therapy and stuff. And what, what type of benefits did you see from it? 
oh, I'm a whole different person. So like I mm. said, in 2018, my dad passed away and I, I went into mm. another depressing, you know, season and mode. Like 2018 was not really a good year for me mentally or physically. So on the track, I did not perform. So in 2019 mm. is when I started, well, fall of 2018 is when I started therapy. And he like, he helped me change my whole perspective on life in general. It's just like, you know, you let's get to the root of why you are feeling the way you're feeling about everything. And then let's work our way up from there. Like let's develop healthier um, coping mechanisms and everything from there. So I would say therapy definitely helped me with that understanding how I'm feeling, um, addressing that stuff, addressing how I'm feeling to myself, accepting myself and then moving forward. Well, I mean, considering what happened 2018 and then you got a psychologist and then you won the championships in 2019, I think it's clear to see mm -hmm. that um, the psychologist did a pretty good job. Um, talk to us about <laughs> winning and considering, you know, the passing of your father. Talk to us about that feeling of, of you know, coming first and what did it mean to you? What did it mean to your family? Oh man. I mean, it was, it meant everything that, that race honestly like changed my life as, as much as people wanted to say like, Oh, the time wasn't fast enough. Oh, like you'll never beat the Jamaicans. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Like they, people said a whole bunch of stuff about that. And I'm just like, you know what? Y'all yeah. can have all opinions. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I just won my first USA's outside of, uh, right out of college. I'm going to Doha. <laughs> like I, 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 you know, get a raise in my contract. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm elated. Like this is everything my dad wanted. So I'm going to celebrate this moment. Yeah. <laughs> like this is everything my dad wanted, everything that like, my coaches wanted, everything that my mom wanted. So I'm going to celebrate this moment because we've worked hard to get yeah. here. How, how easy do you find it when you're traveling and racing? Because obviously you have to move from, from country to country. Mm -hmm. Do you adapt quite easily or is that something that you have to, you've had to work on? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of still fresh. I'm kind of still fresh with the uh, concept of traveling and, and how to manage my sleep, manage my eating, you know, what my body can take overseas and what, it, what, you know, what it can. Mm. So I have to think about that stuff. Um, I'm still thinking about that. I'm still developing that pattern. But time wise, I would say the only, only time I really started to feel like the jet lag was when I went to Tokyo and we didn't mm -hmm. have a lot of time to recover from it, from the 24 hour travel day that we had, um, five mm -hmm. days prior to the 100, uh, first round of the hundred. So yeah, I, that I would say made me reevaluate re the importance of like sleep and, you know, nutrition and all that stuff when you come to traveling. How did college level prepare you for the professional ranks? Because I know it's absolutely huge um, over in America. So uh, it's really interesting It'll be to hear, I guess, your own personal experience. How did college level really um, help you transition? Honestly, I would say the mindset of it all. Like, even though, yes, college is very competitive, um, so I get, I get my competitive nature from that. Um, but it also helped me kind of adapt to what happens in the professional world. Like in the professional world, you have to be ready 
every single race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single race. So yeah. having that transition, I went back into my mode of like, okay, you have to do this, this, and this to get this done. You've done that, this, this, and this for college. Okay, that's not going to work anymore. So let's find a new strategy or way to get to where you want to go. So I would say the preparation and adaptability that college has, um, college track has, college sports has, um, transitioned to my professional career now. How are you on race days? Are you one of those people that keep themselves to themselves or are you someone that um, socializes with people? I'm social. I'm laughing. I'm mm. joking. Like, I, mm. like sometimes there is, there are moments, like if I'm doing blocks, I'll like kind of zone in and get ready. But like warm up laps, I'm like, hey, like I'm so friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you about, um, so the NCAA championship. So you, where you finished fourth. Um, Mm-hmm. what was your biggest takeaway from that? That I need to focus, like consistent focus. Um, right after regionals, which was in California, I want to say maybe like a week or so, two weeks or so prior to the NCAAs, I ran 1099 and I was so happy. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally in the 10s. Yeah. Like this is happening. And I, and I went 21. Mm-hmm. I went, I feel like 1099 was expected, but when I ran 2155, that's when people were, I mean, not 21, 2255. I'm so sorry. I wish. 2155 <laughs> was expected. <laughs> yeah. 2255. Speaking into existence. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but 2255, that, when I ran that and got the school record in the 200, that's when I was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy, you know. My my nationals is on my home track. You know, this should be this should be a breeze. So I really slacked off. I wasn't really focused. And when I got to nationals, it showed heavy. <laughs> so mm. that part, I would say that that moment definitely made me realize that you know you need to keep your focus, keep your keep your discipline, and you know, for meets to come. How would you? How supportive would you say is your um, your network? Because I know with some people, their friends don't understand with how it works when it comes to training and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they feel like when you're you're away from them that you're cutting them off or something. How how is it like for you? <laughs> Actually, all of my best friends are uh, athletes. D one athletes. Okay. One is right okay. here sitting on the couch with me, <laughs> but she. <Okay. laughs> but. So they understand that lifestyle of like sometimes I need to get away. Like we we talk about we talk about mental health stuff probably every single day and just make sure we're checking in okay. on each other and all that stuff. So my support system with my with my friends and my family honestly is pretty like healthy, I would say. And it's important too. Yeah. Speaking of mental health, um was there a time where self-doubt really kicked in and how did you get yourself out of that hole? Honestly, I feel like self-doubt creeps in every day for me. Like, but I have I have ways where I can get out of it really quick. Cause if I soak it, if I soak in it, then it's gonna be downhill from yeah. there. So I just yeah. So I would I would say it's every it's everything. I still struggle with my mental health to this day. So there's never a moment where I'm like, okay, T, like you got this. Like don't don't stress yourself. Like it's okay. 
Is it, do you notice it? Do you notice that same thing with other athletes? And if you do, what are some of the type of things you say to them that can help their mental health? Well, what for my younger, um, like my mentees and stuff on the track team yeah. at UT, I just make sure to tell them like, hey, like when you go compete, everything that everything that you need to do well is within you already. Like you've already prepared for this. You've had practices. We've ran 400s, 300s, 200s. Like it, we've done it all at practice. So the track meets are the easy part. That is the fun. Like mm-hmm. go have fun and just go do what you've already been doing. So I would, I would say yeah. that's like one take I definitely do when it comes to people, other athletes. It doesn't even have to be younger than me. These other athletes in general. Okay. How do you pre- how do you prepare goals at the start of a season? So when I was because that was something I find really interesting. So do you set them according to maybe trying to bring your personal best down, or do you really pinpoint events or certain championships? Or I want to be a medalist in you know the world champs or the Olympics. Like how how do you break down your goals? I make sure I'm very specific. Okay. And when I say that is like, I'm, I write down everything that I want to do, obviously, Mm. but then I really don't harp on that stuff. The main stuff that I really take hold on is the little notes I write myself. Like I have a note on my, on my, um, mirror in my bathroom. It says everyday discipline and determination to get to where you want to go or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I, yeah, it's on my, it's on my wall. So I make sure I read that every day just to kind of like when I'm, when I'm down and out and I'm tired or on a rep, I like think of that instead of, cause when you start to chase times, it, it starts to get to your head too much. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't really try yeah. to focus too much on that. Like I definitely have a goal. Like I definitely have a time where I want to run yeah. for sure. But mm-hmm. my main focus is really just to get better every day um <laughs> if i'm being honest get better every year mm-hmm. that's that's honestly my main goal okay well, when it comes to your mindset um name three things that you think are your strengths mm-hmm. and why you think they're your strengths and three things that you think you could improve in oh man my strengths and like the track wise and track wise or yeah. just oh okay so i would say my one strength hmm. One wow, this is a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. So physique, yeah, like physical wise, I would say my one strength right now is me controlling my breath. And I know that sounds really weird, but yeah. I since I've been doing yoga, I've learned the importance of breath control. And you know, obviously, you know, your breath is your life force. Like that's your being. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't yeah. have breath anymore, you don't have life. So to I use that now in my training. I use that when I lift, and I've seen such a big difference. So I would say that's definitely one strength is understanding my breath. My second strength, I would say, it's my self awareness, like of yeah. of my body. I guess my body awareness. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm really good at knowing what's wrong before my coach can even say anything. Um, okay. Yeah, and my third strength <sighs> um, I would say my 
demeanor um i guess yeah my demeanor when it comes to uh you know like no i say i would say my optimism there you go i say optimism i'm very optimistic so if somebody comes to me with something negative at practice i'd be like well you know you don't have to look at it that way you can look at it this way and it can have a different result so i would say that and my three weaknesses hmm I feel like sometimes I I have really like bad social anxiety, so I close myself okay. out a lot. Mm. Um, okay. I would say that's one of my weaknesses. I need to just kind of I'm still working on not harping too much on the things that might go wrong. Mm. Like even though yes, I can give advice to people, but you know, practicing it is a whole different thing. So that that yeah. that is one thing. That I would I would say my weakness. My second weakness is not getting in my head too much at practice. Like ball training and me don't mix <laughs> oil and water. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really trying to work on this year embracing fall training. So I would say like yeah. that was one of my weaknesses. Um okay. <sighs> Yeah, I can't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I That's can't fine. Um, one of the sticky points for all athletes is, you know, funding or sponsorship. So um, that's mm-hmm. something that I find really, really interesting. So in terms of your journey, so uh, research, I did a bit of research. So you're sponsored by Nike. Um, is that correct? Nike. Yeah. So can you talk mm-hmm. to us about the benefit of being um, sponsored by them and how they've helped you um, so far in your career? Yeah, um, I would definitely say the security is one thing that I appreciate the most because when you're sponsored, you're in a lot of doors. Like I having access to meets, um, having access to treat to tr- certain treatments and um, you know physio people and stuff like that. So I would say the safety is definitely a pro when it comes to that. But I mean, it comes with the cost though. I have a lot of requirements in my contract that I need to abide by to keep those benefits. So. That's one. That's I guess, two things. Okay, and when it comes to that, because we've had this discussion in the past with some of our guests mm-hmm. who are athletes, mm-hmm. and in terms of meeting requirements, so does it work that if you don't if you don't meet this, then they're going to pull it away from you? How how does it work exactly? So I'll do I'll do the quarantine for example, in twenty twenty. Yeah. Obviously, that's still a con- in my contract year, so I need to buy it by the rules. And one of my rules is that I need 10 meets throughout the whole year. So that's okay. one strict thing. Or if And if I don't have those 10 meets, then I'm going to get a reduction in my contract, so I'm going to be losing money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it works like that. If, like now, if I don't place like top 10 in the world, then I'll get a reduction in my contract. Like there's a lot of little fine okay. prints that come with the, the the benefits that we get i see and when it comes to the meets let's just say because someone has has got they've done nine meets and they've got like a little niggle are they more likely to run because they have to fill the contract requirement yeah wow you do you, do you remember the race um it was 2019 um prefontaine at stanford you saw mm-hmm. shelly and fraser price she jogged she needed to run in that meet because it's in her contract. It's in our contract to participate okay. at Prefontaine, Prefontaine as Nike athletes. So, yeah. Okay. 
Wow. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah, my head's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I've got one more question. So, this is why, I, like, it's, it's it's information like this why I really love doing this podcast because you've got you've got young, impressionable athletes who just want to get sponsored. And that's what they're working towards. It's about being sponsored and having that feeling. It's almost that ego boost that I'm sponsored by Nike, I'm sponsored by Adidas, etc. But they yeah. don't know about some of the stipulations. They don't know. And, you know, the information that you are providing is so invaluable. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, do you ever feel the pressure? Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> like this is my livelihood. Like this is this is this is how I eat, this is how my family eats. Like the, the, you know, this is the, or, you know, this is it. <laughs> so yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, of course. I definitely feel the pressure every single day. That's I mean, I, that's kind of like sometimes where anxiety comes where my anxiety will come from or my depression comes mm. from. It's like, oh my gosh, that feeling of like this could be taken away from me at any mm. moment. So I need to make sure I'm doing everything I need to do to a, yeah. you know accommodate what i need to do you know so yeah definitely i yeah i'm crazy man yeah of course what, and <laughs> one last thing does that include media obligations as well mm -hmm. wow okay mm -hmm. yeah well like that is it's different i feel like it's different for every athlete okay though. like not i don't feel like okay. every yeah not every athlete has the same context. yeah yeah, yeah everybody has different context. yeah yeah um but obviously the high level yeah people like you know Shelly-Ann, elaine yeah. like all of yeah. them like they you know have media obligations and we have media obligations in our contracts as well but you know okay. it's kind of different when you're making a lot more money <laughs> wow mm -hmm. i can imagine um i want to talk a little bit about social media how how do you find social media for you because i know with some people they may have um the comments the comment section they're not they haven't received any good comments and stuff like that how, how do you find social media <laughs> funny i mean i've i've had like twitter since 2011 i mean 2011 like i've okay. i've i've been in it for this social media stuff for a long time so i enjoy social media it's comical to me so the comment these new like yeah. new followers and like new support and all this stuff it's like i appreciate it. i love it so 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 much but it's just kind of yeah. sometimes i honestly if i'm being honest I haven't said this on, on another interview yet, but it's kind of weird how this, my new support sometimes, I know you said like no drama stuff, but <laughs> this isn't drama. <laughs> my new support comes from people not liking, you know, another athlete. And I, that's just like, why? Like Ooh. this, you know, yeah, like she, okay. she, she's a human being. Like I'm, you know, I'm not an angel. Yeah. Like y'all don't have to make me seem yeah. like I'm just this, you know, like, like, you know, I have my faults yeah. too. So that 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 part is where I'm like, I would say after pre, I got I kind of got sad about that too. Like I was kind of depressed about that too. Um, like I appreciated mm -hmm. the new attention, but it was also overwhelming because I was like, are y'all coming over here to really support me and get to know me, or are y'all just coming over here, you know, to bash somebody else? And I'm not with that. I'm not with yeah. bashing nobody. You know, like that's not that's not me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would say that conflict definitely comes with the attention. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. interesting. So obviously with that athlete, so we've spoken about the athlete. Um, I mm -hmm. wholeheartedly 
support them because I still feel that um, you know we're allowed to to make mistakes and right sure. yeah we're allowed, yeah exactly we're allowed to make mistakes and regardless of you know what they've done they are still um, a world-class athlete and will definitely talented. it's extremely extremely talented oh. um like yeah. yeah so I guess my next question is <laughs> so are you are you seeing or do you feel that there are almost social engineers so almost like within the media that are trying to create a um oh what do they used to call it in wrestling that a face being like the good guy and the heel be the heel heel. yeah the heel so do you think that um they are (laughs) subtly creating that without going into too much detail and what media no yeah yeah do you do you think that is being created like you're the face and they are the heel yeah. yeah, straight. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's not the case, y'all. Yeah. I'm saying that's right now. It's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is it like um, on the circuit um, with athletes? Because I know, I know we've in years gone by there's some athletes that don't get on with this athlete, and this person gets on with this athlete. How is it like? Because I, I myself, I've done track, and mm-hmm. most people tend to get on with each other. Yeah. How is it like for <laughs> you? Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me personally, I, I'm, my my go-to always with a lot of situations is you make the best mm. out of the experience that you're in. So I'm going to make the best out of my yeah. experience, whether that's like, you know, yeah. saying hi to you or like complimenting you. You know, like I, that's that seeing other people happy makes me happy. So I'm okay. going to, you know... And I understand the competition mode too, though. Like, I'm not going to talk to one of my competitors while they're, you know, like warming up or something like that because they're getting in their zone. Like, I don't, I don't know their, yeah. you know, mechanisms. But you know, if somebody's okay. willing to talk to me, I'll talk to them. Like, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm really friendly. I'm pretty open. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any issues with, you know, anybody or, yeah. Um, one question I wanted to ask you is about the lineage of U.S. female sprinting. So the depth in, you know, the history of, you know, female sprinting in the U.S. is is crazy. Um, and, I, you know, my favorite U.S. sprinter, I think, growing up was, um, you know, Marion Jones. Um, she mm-hmm. was just, oh, my gosh, like her technique was just so good. So, so good. Um, I absolutely love the technique. Um, so do you ever feel that pressure? Not necessarily at the, um, you know, the not so important meets, but at the Olympics and at the world champs, do you ever feel that, wow, you know, I, I really need to represent um, the, the USA? Do you ever feel that? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I making the USA team is, you know, like really rare. You, like you said, there are so many elite sprinters in the United States. <laughs> like so many, you always have to be in your A game, and there's always somebody else coming up that's new and wants to be the you know, you know, new new face. So, yeah, I would say definitely just the hard work I put in makes me want to rep the you know rep USA. You know, love my family has for me and like wanting to see me at my biggest you know best potential. Um, that makes makes me want to represent the USA, you know, my fans and all that stuff. They might make me want to represent the USA. Like, I feel like the community that I have and like the support system that I have makes me want to rep um, USA the most. Do you ever visualize your races before they happen? Hmm. Yes, in a way. 
Um, yeah, definitely. I <laughs> so cool you ask that. But yeah, so when we do our pre-meet, we go to the track. And as I'm running my warm-up lap, I think about, you know, what the atmosphere might look like and, you know, how I might feel and stuff like that. Um, and then when I do my block starts, I definitely visualize what I want to do when I push out of the blocks on the race. I, um, yeah, visualize like, cause I have a routine before I get in the blocks. I, and everybody doesn't have to have a routine, but I do it just to make sure I'm controlling myself and my breath and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. so yeah, definitely, I definitely do visualize before. <laughs> Okay, so I was watching um, a podcast and they were speaking about you and they described you as an underdog. And the way that they described you as being an underdog is because, you know, you've got the Shelly Ann's, you've got the Elaine Thompson. So you've got the kind of what quote unquote the tier ones. And they described you as somebody that always had, um, always has potential and still can go faster and they mentioned how you know you went down to 1098 and then you broke your pb again all the way down to 1083 so now the gentleman he kind of said now you're almost like an elite athlete so you're almost at tier two now so my question to you would be are you are you <laughs> can you still be classed as an underdog if you're running 1083 <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> Um, you know what? I, I I'm not a really big speaker because anything anything is possible. Anything can happen. So I just try to put the work in and just see what happens. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, like I I don't even really like you know care about the tears yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like that doesn't doesn't define me as an athlete. Mm. Like I know where I can mm -hmm. go and where I'm headed. Like. You know, so other people's definition of where I might be is not me. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm very, very secure where I yeah. am with my talents and stuff. So I, they're going to see. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how it felt being at the Olympics and being at the start line mm -hmm. before <laughs> the 100 meter women's yeah Fun. oh my gosh that was such a surreal moment i was like wow i'm really i can honestly say i'm i'm a very appreciative person so i find joy in, like i said i find joy in everything that i try to do so whether it's a loss i'm like okay what did i learn from the situation so yeah. going into the olympics i made a actual video video diary of myself in a, um and like a little um a hot tub in the training center that we had out there and i was just like kind of like saying dang t like you you made it like you're you're always going to be an olympian like you're in your first so like i said tomorrow is going to be your first olympic race ever like embrace this moment like cherish this moment like you know like like oh, i was yeah. so happy and excited for, for myself and like all, all the hard work that i have went through and i just really wanted to document that moment for me that surreal moment but the first race I was just really excited. I was also kind of tired too, because it was, you know, morning time and all that stuff out there. And yeah. obviously my sleep was off, but yeah, well, I was just, and then the final, when they did the light show, I was like, here, I was like, here we go again. <laughs> because at Worlds, they did the <laughs> same thing for us in the 100. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like you've been, my thought process is now, since I went to Worlds my first time and then my Olympics, my, my you know, my first time, 
when I was on the line for the final, I was like, you have been here before. You have made a world championship final. You have raced all these women before. You know their talents, but you are just as talented. Like you're literally meant to be here. So just, you know, have fun and try your best. And that's, you know, at the time, that's what I did. I tried my best. So, yeah. <laughs> I have to commend you um, for getting to the final. And I think it really needs to be um, inflated because women's women's 100 meters in the last decade has improved so much. The women are getting so much faster. And for you to get to that final and you you are running with the very, very best, some of the very best of all time. So I really think that that needs to be um, commended and you need to be applauded for that. Um, one thing that came out... Thank you. Um, no problem. One thing that came out was the track and how fast it was um talk to us about the track like how, how did it feel was it fast or was it just overrated yeah just talk to, to us a little bit about that no i i definitely think it's yeah. fast like it's it's an olympic stadium and it was beautiful out there oh my gosh it was so beautiful um the stadium is is huge i can't wait to go back honestly um but yeah i would definitely say it's i mean it's a mondo track too so it's definitely mm. definitely fast has some buoyancy and everything yeah and then talking about that actually because the We've had we've we spoke to Montel Douglas about this and um, the spikes. Do does, do you think the spikes make any difference to the performance <laughs> at all, <laughs> or do you think it's just people are just looking for an excuse why women are getting faster? Uh, I feel like I mean, there's science behind the spikes. Like, of course, we're we're yeah. evolving. Like we're <laughs> humans. Like we're we're going to yeah. we're going to get faster regardless. We're going to like technology is definitely. Uh, making that process a lot faster but the spikes yeah. i mean we're still running like that's still that's yeah. still talent that's still hard work the spikes maybe a uh, added bonus maybe yeah mm. but i feel like it's all about how you use it too because not everybody yeah. not everybody likes the spikes mm. too not everybody can run with them so it's like just gotta do what you need. so just to confirm you're 24 right and your personal best is ten eight three. So um, yeah, this is this is mind blowing. So um, can we talk about how did you feel um, when you you know um, finished the line and you saw that you ran ten eight three? Because honestly, that is an unbelievable time. And considering your age, you're only going to get faster. So just talk to us about that. Well, thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I honestly. And it's really, I appreciate you guys for having this, um, you know, mind talk because the day of pre, well, I would say maybe a couple of days before pre, all I can think about was finishing my season. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till my season's done. Like, this is my last race of the season. Oh, I'm so tired. Like, Tokyo really drained me out. Like, I was, I was really tired. And honestly, because it was two weeks in between the Olympic final and pre. Yeah. The first week we got back, I was really depressed, like really, really, really sad. And I was like, why am I so sad? But I had a reason also because of uh, Cameron Burrell's um, untimely death yeah. and how yeah. that happened. It really just made me, it took me aback. And I was like, wow, like that's one of us. Like that, he, you know, that's, that's one of us. I was really sad about mm. that. And I still am to this day. But that first week really hit me hard. And then the second week, the week before pre, 
I just kind of had to turn it on, like turn on that like light of like, okay, T, like this is the last race of the season. Let's get it done. Let's put this work in this last week and let's see what, what happens. So I started, I was having some great block starts. Like runs were great. Times were great. And when I went to pre, I was like, I put a post on my fence that I was like, I just really want to end my season, but I'm going to still turn up, right? Yeah. And when I was doing my block starts and warming up, I was just so happy. I was just so grateful just to be in this opportunity, be in that race, um, you know, just have a, have a lane. Like, all, I was really appreciative. So, like, I really brought that joy and that appreciation into that race. And my mindset was really different in that race. Like I was more, I was a lot more calm. Um, and I had one focus. So my, I, like you said, with, with this, this conversation, my mental switch. So my performance got better okay. and I was like, all right, let me, let me start implementing this real. Let me really start honing in on my, you know, mental health for real, focusing on that to get my results on the track. Mm. I think I think people don't realize how important. Well, elite athletes do, but mm -hmm. in general, people don't realize how important the mind is to execute your best performances when you're competing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. I especially now that I'm with yoga, um, like I said, the breath work and the mindfulness is meditation. All of that is really important to me because it keeps me grounded. It keeps me yeah. sane. <laughs> like it, it definitely helps me control my emotions everything yeah yeah so i want to talk to you about uh, about breath work so this is something that has come up for me personally the last say 18 to 24 months um i've tried it <laughs> i'm not the best at it <laughs> but um i definitely <laughs> i mean it's your practice you make it what it is honestly it's your practice like there's no standard there's no standard at all yeah no nah, yeah. it's true it's true um and i definitely want to do it because I've I've definitely I've delved into some of the um is it Taoism Taoism, and they talk a lot mm. they talk a lot about um breath work and how important it is. There's even there's types of breath work where if you got different pains in parts of your body that you can actually stop that mm -hmm. and you can heal yeah. yourself and you can heal heal yourself. Yeah, yes. it's crazy yes. crazy. So um I I was looking into that. Um I guess my question to you is would you what what initially inspired you to become uh, a yoga instructor or a certified yoga instructor yeah um actually i started yoga in high school Jeez, wow okay. so yeah it was kind of like a thing that i that my coach made me do just for my flexibility and put me on the track so I'm like, okay i'll do it then in college i started to venture out and go to yoga studios my like outside of ut yeah i love that experience yeah, yeah started to do more hot yoga and all that stuff yep. but then after quarantine i was like i need to find something else that i'm passionate and i i love because mm. you know track is not going to last at all you know my whole life i'm only going to be in track for yeah. however many more years mm. and then what else am i going to do in my life so i was like you know what yeah. yoga is something i really loved and i found i found myself going back to it every time i had a problem in my life so i was like there's something here so I was like, let me just see what I can get out of it. I took a 200 hour course and it changed my life. I became so much more confident in myself. I, you know, started to have more appreciation for myself. 
and I learned how to center myself. So yeah, that that passion definitely stemmed from just high school. My my coach introduced me to it. Okay. Have you um at any point had any advice that you received from ex-athletes that you think has been so has a massive impact on your career? Um, I would say I would say a moment that I appreciated the most that's gonna impact my career from here on out was at Pre and um Tulu, she took me to the side at the hotel and she said, congratulations. And I was like, thank you. Because I, I watch you on YouTube all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like that, she's, you know, she's an OG too. So just to get that kind of recognition yeah. from, you know, an OG, like that's, I was, that's gonna, that inspires me now to just want to do as best as I can. Because obviously like I have, I have eyes on me. I have people that are inspired by me, so. What would that, um, so what would 24 year old um, Tiana Daniels say to 18 year old Tiana Daniels? 18 year old, first of all, stop, stop going to parties. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> Leave the college parties alone. You don't need them. <laughs> um, I would, no, but for real though, I would say keep it simple because when you start to overcomplicate things, that's when you create your anxiety, you get into depressed mode, and you start to overthink. Just keep stuff simple. Tackle one task at a time and have fun. Yeah. Okay, this is my last question to you. So what, what with the rest of your career that you've got to come, mm -hmm. what thing do you want to achieve the most or is it you're taking it season by season i would say that um that like like i just said yeah. i want to keep things simple just taking it season by season um appreciating everything that happens within those seasons within that the season and then grow from it from there um of course i would love to have longevity with track and field but you know that's not always the case so i have to be real myself on that um yeah, yeah just so like like honestly like you said just keep it season by season okay Tiana, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, follow me on Instagram or Twitter, underscore Tiana D, <laughs> T-E-A-H-N-A-D. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tiana, thank you very much. Um, yeah, personally, I'm really, really happy to have you on, actually. Um, elite athlete um 24 years old you're definitely gonna run 10-7 soon oh my gosh it's coming 10-7 <laughs> is coming soon definitely definitely i'm telling you absolutely 10-7 yes. is coming soon so um yeah we really really f um, thank you um i think for me the thing that stood out for me personally was just the sponsorship but that was massive and i think it's so important for our listeners to to see the other side of it it's not just about chasing a sponsorship and you know bragging to friends and boosting the ego it's um it's just it comes at a, it price. Comes at a price yeah absolutely so yeah. yeah we really appreciate that um guys if you are a regular listener thank you please continue to share um if you are a new listener welcome aboard we've got a catalog of recording so please start from the very beginning guys until next time stay stay healthy stay blessed <laughs>